this is Life Admin Life Hacks, a podcast that gives you techniques, tips, and tools to tackle your life admin more efficiently to save your time, your money, and improve your household harmony. I'm Dinah Rowe Roberts, an operations manager who's been a big fan of Kiki K for such a long time and was so excited for this conversation. I'm Mia Northrop, a researcher and writer who can admit that at certain times, Kiki K stores are my go-to happy place, like Holly Golightly hanging out at Tiffany's. <laughs> yes, in this episode, we interview Christina Carlson, founder of Kiki K and Your Dream Life. Hello and welcome to Life Admin Life Hacks. Before we leap into today's topic, we're so excited to reveal an offering we've been dreaming about for a very long time. Listeners, we're thrilled to let you know first about the launch of our new online course, Life Admin Foundations. Now you can take your learning to the next level with our immersive online short course that helps you set up the game-changing Life Admin tools and processes to drop your mental load. Yeah, the word we hear most often when it comes to life admin is overwhelming. And we know that setting up the right tools and systems makes the biggest impact in getting it under control. So this course provides you with a step-by-step learning experience that has been developed for an international audience. The course helps you set up foundational digital and organizational tools, such as a shared digital calendar and a dedicated life admin email address, to-do lists, reference lists, checklists, cloud storage for essential files, a password manager, time management and scheduling, and crucially for those in a relationship, reducing and sharing the mental load. The Life Admins Foundation course is the perfect choice for you if you learn best by doing with a combination of video modules, practical activities, links to our recommended apps and websites, and downloadable templates and quizzes. So you're actively applying the concepts and strategies to your own life admin challenges. The course content drops once a week over six weeks to keep you focused at a sustainable pace. It's a structured learning path with clear milestones, keeping you on track and accountable to your goals. So if you're ready to take the next step, transform your life admin and reclaim your headspace, enroll now at lifeadminlifehacks.com. So done. This was a fun interview. Yes, in this episode, we chat to Christina Carlson, who revealed how she combines stationary and digital tools to optimize her admin, the power of dreaming and goal setting, and how she thinks in years and quarters and weeks to plan and break down the path to achieving her dreams. Much loved the world over, Swedish-born Christina Carlson is the founder of Kiki K, founder and creative director of Dream Life author of bestseller Your Dream Life Starts Here and host of the Your Dream Life podcast, which has over 2.5 million downloads in more than 160 countries. Christina won the hearts and minds of people the world over as the creative force and personality behind what was a genuinely authentic founder and purpose-led brand, Kiki K, driven by her own personal philosophy, personal purpose and Swedish design aesthetic. Christina's new venture, The Dream Life Store presents a curated collection of beautiful, customizable products. With deep personal experience of the power of dreaming and then doing, Christina's big crazy dream is to inspire and empower over 101 million people, just like you, to write their own dreams on paper and set about bringing them to life to help make the world a better place. Christina is a sought-after international speaker, coach, a passionate learner and self-improver, and the proud mother of two children with her partner, Paul. 
Uh, listeners, now listeners know that we have name-checked Kiki K products countless times on this show and in our book, Life Admin Hack. So we were so excited to meet you last year, Christina, and wish you a big welcome to Life Admin Life Hacks. Mm, thank you so much and thank you for your support over the years, but also uh, for having me. I couldn't think of a better way of starting the morning with a coffee and have a conversation with you guys. Yes, it's exciting to be chatting to you all the way from Sweden today. Your entrepreneurial journey and, and like how did it come about? Was it sort of a necessity as the mother of invention kind of thing or what really drove you to create your first venture? Mm. Well, I grew up in Sweden and then I met my partner Paul in Australia Ski Resort and I moved to Australia, but I, I didn't actually think about that as a life changing the trip but I actually stay I was thinking I'll be there for a year and see how I go and loved it and um, I've been there for a long time now and divide my my time between both countries mainly Australia and uh, when I came to Australia I was young I had no idea what to do with my life so I was actually whinging and complaining a lot I asked anyone who would listen what what am I going to do with my life and one morning at 3 a.m my partner I got I woke up my partner Paul I think for the fifth time asked what am I going to do with my life? He was a bit over it. He turned on the light and said, why don't we write down what is important to you? And this is when I wrote down my dreams on paper for the first time. And on that list, I had that I wanted to drive to work every single day and loving it. I wanted to have business on my own. I wanted to work with Swedish design because that's one of my passions. I wanted to have a connection with my country, Sweden. So I, I felt like I could have my life in both and not to choose. And then I wanted to make $500 a week. So that was my dreams. <laughs> And to make a very long story short, eventually I looked at that list and I thought, if I'm going to have my own business, I have to have a beautiful home office. I love organizing. I love beautiful designs. I went out to buy some product. This is a long time ago. There just wasn't anything on the market that I um, wanted to put in my home. It was a bit of a price-driven category. It's very different in today's world. So for anyone listening, might not agree with that, but you know, 20 plus years ago, there was just nothing around. And so I, I didn't get depressed. That's not the right word, but I got really down thinking this is so boring. And then I got excited thinking this is my calling. So I decided to design some products that I wanted wanted to have in my own home office and Kiki K was born and Kiki K is my nickname. I have nothing to do with Kiki K now because I have started a new business called Dream Life, but that's how that started. So you clearly had some pretty powerful goals there and some people find, you know, setting goals quite daunting. It can be kind of overwhelming. Mm. So what advice do you have for listeners on, you know, staying motivated, setting goals and meeting those long-term objectives? So I think the first step is actually not thinking about the goals, but the first step is actually to do a dreaming exercise like I did. You know how I said Paul inspired me to write down what's important to me and that will change over the years. That might seem a very simple list back then. It was like all the things that I wanted. So I would start with asking yourself, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Because a lot of us are really afraid to fail so we don't even put that on as our goals and a lot of us are inspired or influenced or perhaps even forced by parents, you know, well-meaning parents, of course, and well-meaning teachers and even our peers. So we might be good at something and then we study that and we become really good at that, but it's not really what we're passionate about. So asking yourself, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? If you had all the money and the resources that you needed, and most of us don't have that, but if you had it, what would you do with your life? And then what would you do if you had your health and energy? Because a lot of people are really tired, overworked and, and don't have that 
work-life balance. But if you did have that, what would you do with your life? And that's where I would start. And then I would break it down to work on three dreams, depending on the size of the dreams, of course, but you know, you might just want to do one dream. So for example, if one of your dreams is to start your own business or, or completely change career, maybe one is enough and then break that down. I'm a big planner. So I love planning and I love breaking it down. So I actually now I I set a plan for the year, but then I break down that year in quarters. And I actually almost focus a quarter as if it's a new year. A lot of us get really excited in the beginning of the year. And I'm sure you can relate to that. And I'm sure all the listeners can relate to that. And that January is so uh, exciting or even December could be exciting thinking about the new year and then life happens and all, <laughs> all the things that we, you know, the everyday stuff has to be done as well. So planning out the year first, having that clear vision, you know, your goals very clearly defined and then break it down. So just focus on one quarter at a time. That makes a big difference in terms of making it happen. Yeah, I can relate to that because usually I make plans and goals at the start of the year. And then this year, my job circumstances changed. And so I'm like, okay, I had a whole bunch of professional goals that aren't actually relevant anymore. And I've had to do my goal planning and goal setting again in July, which just feels so weird. But I'm like, why not? And so during the school holidays, thinking about this next term ahead, I'm like, okay, I'm starting from a, you know, as if I have a blank slate, you know, fresh, clean couple of months ahead of me. And I've gone through that goal setting exercise for the, yeah. for the rest of the year. And it's been fun. Absolutely. And I think for anyone listening, because, you know, you will have listeners listening later on any time of the year is good. Don't wait for the new year or don't wait for the next Monday or the next month or the next quarter. You can start today. And and I think we don't want to waste time because life is short. So you want to make sure that you make the most of it and um, you can start at any, any time. So that's a really good one. And good luck with that. That's exciting. I think there's nothing, <laughs> nothing better than, you know, restarting, rethinking and starting again. Yeah, so I think one of the things that people often say is they just don't have time to do this kind of planning. And I know that one of your coaching programs really focuses on your sort of how people can achieve their dreams. So how can individuals incorporate this kind of dream planning and goal setting into busy schedules and and really manage those aspirations? You know, we all have 24 hours. When I say that, people disagree. But, of course, we, we do all do have that. That's one thing that all of us have. It's really how we use that. And everyone is different and we're all in different seasons of life. So if you just have a newborn or, um, you know, going through, you know, a very challenging year, it could be grief, could be, you know, a challenge with career you know, teenagers could be anything. So when I give advice, it all depends on what season in life you are at. But we all do have 24 hours and we, we have to choose what we do with that. We might need to do these things that we always done, but we'll always find a little bit of time for ourselves if we want to could mean getting up a little bit early. So I'm a big believer in if you start the day right, you are more likely to finish the day right and also have a really good day. And even if you didn't have a good day, at least you had a really good morning. So for anyone who is really time poor, I would encourage everyone to maybe perhaps start a morning ritual. Even if you could only spend 10 minutes working on your dream life or your goals, then that would be a really good start. I encourage people to even think about 
about could you have one night a week for you where you work on your dreams and goals, even planning it out. And even if you just had one hour, even after the kids gone to bed or if you if you don't have kids and you, you're working extra at night or whatever, even if you could just have one hour once a week, like I have my Dream Life coaching program and that's on a Monday night. A lot of us don't have things on Mondays. They just join in on the, on the Monday and we do whatever we're doing. But that could just get you started for a really inspiring and productive week. So having a morning ritual or having one hour or a night a week will be a really good start. Even a Saturday morning, a lot of us, depending on where you are in the world and also depending on if you have kids, sports, Saturday sports, etc., you could potentially get up a little bit earlier and spend an hour in the morning on a Saturday and work on your personal growth or your personal development or your dreams and your goals. And then once you start doing that, you are hopefully very inspired to keep going and have that as a regular thing. Yeah. Two things come to mind as you were saying that. I was thinking about when Dinah and I wrote our book, Life Admin Hacks, and people asked, you know, how did you find the time to do it? Yeah. I did take the, I'm just going to get out an hour earlier each day. And I knew it was just for a certain time period. I knew it wasn't forever because I not particularly morning person and I just did it for several months and I got up and I got we got so much done like that it was sort of a calm you know peaceful time of day the other thing I wanted to ask you is whether like a few months ago we interviewed Laura Vanderkam who's a productivity expert and she regularly like maps her hour by hour you know what she's doing she gets the spreadsheet out and she does time tracking for herself have you ever done that she did it to find you know where am I actually wasting time where is time being frittered yeah, I have. I have. And it's a really good way of actually working out where you spend your time. But for anyone listening, I think one thing that most of us are doing, me included, is spending way too much time on our phones. So if we just start with tracking that, because mm. I don't know about you guys, but often if I'm waiting for someone or if I, you know, if I have some, some spare time, it's also, you know, you get a bit of a dopamine hit. So it's an easy thing to do just to go to your phone. But looking at tracking how much time you spend on your phone, you can find a lot of time just there. But I think a, a tracking time is a brilliant way of doing it, but I like to almost like reverse it. So it's a good way of working out if you have no idea where you spend your time. And often we get surprised thinking, gosh, we spent so much time on other people, but not so much time on ourselves. But I think having a, what I call a dream week, or you can call it an ideal week or a, a non-negotiable week, whatever, whatever title you like to make you follow it is a good thing but having a ideal week is where you spend certain things that you do all the time on a specific time and day so you can almost batch it so for example I have a day where I spend most of my time on uh, creating content and working on my podcast and and thinking about podcasts so even though on a Monday I might think about the podcast I will just then write it down and then say okay I'm going to deal with that on Thursday because that's where I spend my time on thinking about podcasts and that frees up a lot of time in terms of not wasting time on going in with lots of different things so I can think of the podcast I can think about you know what the kids are doing you know admin stuff you know if you do that every single day all at once when when it comes up then you you fill your day pretty quickly versus if you are saying okay Thursdays is for podcast or for your career or whatever you know admin what what time of day and what time of the week is that best suitable 
I think that's a really good way of doing it, having that kind of generic week. And I've done that for so long, so I kind of take it for granted. It's only when people ask how I get so much done that I'm like, that is really valuable to actually spend focus time. So if you, for someone here who who are listening and perhaps have want to put something out on social media every day, not thinking about that every day, but actually batching that and can you come up with seven posts or seven reels or whatever, whatever you do, seven stories in one time and then just have that ready to go. You use that time much more productively. Yeah, we're big fans of the hour of power for yes. our regular life admin, you know, power session and that idea of the default week, as you called it, when you have all those sort of foundational activities and tasks that need to happen or that you will find important just baked into your schedule yeah. and time boxing the other activities around it. You mentioned sort of batching activities and time boxing. What are some common mistakes people make when it comes to, you know, productivity and organisation? In terms of organization, I think a lot of people waste a lot of time looking for things and I've been there myself and that's why I've been working on productivity. Like productivity is probably one of my, I love reading productivity books and I love listening to podcasts like yours just to kind of get a few tips all the time. But I think in terms of organization, if you have a home for everything, it's so much easier to keep organized and actually know where to find things when you need it. Because often if you have an idea like, oh, I'm going to spend, let's take your example, like you did before with writing a book. If you had to find all your bits and pieces that you needed, like the computer, or maybe you had some ideas that you thought of during the week, if you didn't know where that was, you would spend all that morning that you had planned out by finding things. And I see that way too often so having a home for everything and even like you know I'm not just talking work I'm talking home as well so for my kids they grow up with having a home for everything and when they're looking for things it's like they don't even well they still ask me but very rarely because they they know what I'm gonna say (laughs) did you put it in the in the home and you know when did you last use it etc so it's like if you just have that and then it's not just creating the home but actually using that in terms of always putting it back in the right place so that's for in terms of organization and that goes with digitally as well as physical things and then in terms of productivity you know I think having that time block is just foundation for everything. And I also think that having a review once a week to work out what is working, what's not working, because we all go off track, me included. And it's the review and thinking, you know, what can I do differently? So for example, if if someone listening and they don't have you know, meal planning at the moment, that's one thing that I think saves so much time. And if you could have that you know, once a week. But then, of course, we have, you know, we might be somewhere else, uh, we might be traveling and everything goes thrown out. And that's absolutely understandable and absolutely fine. It happens to all of us. But then have once a week, reviewing the week, what what went right, what did go wrong and how can I improve it? And it's about that constant improvement. And I think everyone will relate to different productivity and organizing systems and it's really finding what works for you and try different things and I think that's why it's so brilliant to have a book like yours or your podcast where the listeners can say okay I'm, I'm going to try that does that work for me and then review it no that didn't work and then maybe try something different and eventually you will have your own kind of system that's how I I now have like I plan the year in January and then I plan every quarter and I have a system around that and that has come over 
of years of trying. So I think that's the most important thing is for act, to actually try different things and see what works for you because we're all different and we all like different things. Yeah, that's a really important message for listeners that it is this you know, constant iteration because of the different toolkit, the things, the processes, the tools you can be trying, but also as you move through different seasons of life, you know, something that might work for a couple of years will stop working when you stop working or you go back to work or you have a kid or you move or you decide you're going to eat paleo and then your whole cooking thing changes, not speaking from experience (laughs) there. You know, meal planning is one of those incredible things where you hear it, you hear it talked about and then once you start doing it, you can't believe the impact it has in terms of saving time and giving you peace of mind. So all of these things are worth giving a go if they're, if they're things that you have not yet tried. Now, Christina, your dream life and, and the Kiki K products are known for this beautiful stationery and organisational tool. So what tips do you have for our listeners on using stationery effectively? And, and we have talked about this before, about when you use stationery versus digital, you know, to manage your life and tasks. Mm. Well, you are talking to a paper lover here, so uh, <laughs> but that does not mean that I don't love technology as well. And I, I think I found a good way of combining it. But, you know, it's a, it's a constant trial and error. Not everyone loves paper as much as I do, but I certainly do love a journal and I do love my planners. I create everything that I need, which is why I'm in a very privileged situation where I change, I can change the products. You know, that's what I do and that's what I always try new things. But in terms of using paper versus technology, I find that obviously I used, you know, when you guys booked this today, that came via email, it was in my calendar, you know, the link is there. So I use a calendar system 100% for all the things that I do work-wise and even privately, I put it in there. But what I find I'm a real visual person. So sometimes I find digital quite hard to see the overview. So I use, first I have a wall planner. So I put all my key things. So I do a lot of public speaking. I do a lot of traveling. I put the kids kind of school uh, holidays and school terms in there. So if you ask me over over to join you for something or, you know, do a podcast, I can quickly really see if I'm traveling, if I'm doing the, you know, the the main things. So I'm a real visual person. I also have that in a journal. So I use a system where I just put it all my my yearly things that I have on my wall calendar. I also have in my journal. I have my journal with me at any given time. It's an A5 journal, so I don't use that when I'm going for a walk. So I have the same system set up on my tech. So the same folders that I, the headings that I have on my journal, I have in my as my email folders, but also on my notes on the computer and on my phone. So I think if you are a person who love both paper and technology, you just have to combine it and use the same kind of system. As things evolve in terms of new apps coming, new things that you want to try, you just have to work out how that works with paper. But I, I find that the way I plan, the way I, I write, um, I think on paper as well. So I do like, I often do my brainstorming on paper. And then if that then goes into a, you know, a system in terms of a spreadsheet or in terms of a content that I create for my coaching program, Program. obviously that's all digital so so I think I have found a really good way of using paper and technology and I find like we we're just about to to launch and by the time this is out the 2024 diaries will be out and I always think 
you know, are people still using it? A lot of people are using both, you know, tech or digital diaries as well as paper diaries. And also paper diaries can be used for so many different things. Like I love looking back of the day, writing down what you've done and or looking at all the things that you achieved for the day. But also you can just write down in a di- paper diary what three things you're grateful for if you don't want to use a gratitude journal and combine it with other things. So there are so many ways of combining paper and digital if you if you want to. And I think it's actually a really beautiful tr- to have a bit of time with paper because I think you learn so much better if you write it down in terms of if there's something new, new ideas, etc. You wire the brain in a very different way. And also it's we spend so much time on tech. So writing it, you know, your gratitude on a piece of paper versus or in a journal visit versus in an app. It's a very different experience. It's good to get away from phones and um, iPads, etc. Diana, what paper are you using these days? I still have my meal planning on the meal planner on the fridge together with the shopping list. I must admit, Christina, when Kiki K had a particular one that I liked, I bought, I think, 30 of each and I just put them on a shelf. I oh used my very last one. So I'll obviously be hitting up your dream life soon. Yes. My, my meal planner, but I have had those for years. So definitely still use those because I find that that helps with the kids and my husband being able to add to the shopping list, but also to know what, what's cooking and yeah. who's cooking. So everyone knows what's going on. And I think that's really helpful for our family to be where the cooking happens. Yeah. But other than that, I'm completely, you know, everything's digital, except at work every single day, I still write down on a piece of paper what I'm going to do that yeah. day. Yeah. And I, I cross them off. I get them from my various systems and I cross them off so that then at the end of the day I can feel like I've crossed everything off I can go home yeah absolutely yeah what about you Maisie I still have a big wall planner so I when we were sort of experimenting with going digital for calendars that was probably sort of the a term or a, a whole year overview that was the hardest thing I found to adjust to so I still have a wall planner on the wall just so I can see holidays and public holidays and just sort of where we're at for recurring activities, there's nothing like doing that digitally. I still, I also have like a little box full of note paper that I use to write notes and ideas that come up. So there is something very satisfying about ticking off things at the end of the day. And as you said, Christina, you do think differently when you're writing. There's something about the creative process and just, mm. you know, getting a pencil, getting a pen and writing, it frees up ideas in a different way. I can't brainstorm onto a blank screen like can on a page it's a, yeah I don't know what it is but yeah absolutely I'm kind of curious like you know as a entrepreneur and business leader you've got family life you've got you've got your business life you know there's responsibilities in both camps do you feel like work-life balance is a thing do you do the leaning in the leaning out the tilting how do you walk that tightrope that so many of us need to walk with the responsibilities in those different areas of your life you know I I am super fortunate to do what I love. So for me, it's a big blur. So when people talk about work-life balance, I'm mainly focused on not burning out. So I've been really privileged to not burn out ever. And I do believe that that is to do with my self-care. I'm really, really focused on that. So I'm putting myself first. That doesn't mean that I don't work a lot. It doesn't mean that I'm not stressed. It doesn't mean that I have my, you know, the schedule in a perfect way because, you know, none of us have that. There are different seasons of our life where we work a lot and then, you know, you have children and the balance goes the other way. And so I think 
self-care has been the key for my for my work-life balance and when I say self-care it's like always have a bit of time for me every day so not just this like I'm waiting for this spa treatment end of the month or I need that holiday you know in six months time that is great as well and I love all of that but I think it's the daily that makes all the difference in terms of not getting burnt out. And for me, that was to start my morning ritual, which I started before. So I, I meditate every day. So for anyone who's not meditating and think that's a challenge, actually, you can just start with two minutes sitting in silence or do a, a guided two-minute meditation. It doesn't feel like a lot, but it all adds up. And it's really all about creating that habit versus you know the length of it and you can always add to it so i meditate every day i write the morning pages every day which is three pages where i just get everything out of my head onto paper and this is something i don't actually save so it's not like it has it doesn't have to be perfect doesn't have to be on a specific journal it's not something i go back to for people who want to try that you could but i've done it for I don't know, 25 years now. So I don't save that. It's just really to empty my head. And it's amazing how much clarity I get doing that. Then I I'd go for a morning walk. So I love my morning walks so much that I rarely miss them. And of course, when you travel and you do, you know, you have a you know sick child or something that's different. But I go for a walk every single day because it just makes me feel so good. This is where I get all my ideas. This is where I get all my clarity. This is where I really feel like I'm back to myself. So, you you know, when you're an entrepreneur or a leader or a mother, you just give and give and you're always there. And then that walk just gives me that space for me. And so I assume you're walking, Christina, without any sound. Are you walking with a phone, with Spotify or with nothing? Both. I, I never listen to music. I either go, so I'm here in Sweden at the moment. The nature here is just unbelievable because I'm an early person. It's hardly anyone around and it's beautiful. But I do that wherever I am. If I'm in the city or if I'm at home in Melbourne or if I'm traveling, I always go for a walk. But depends on. So if I feel like I have a really busy day ahead, I might just go for silence but I listen to so many amazing podcasts. I listen to so many amazing books. I just get so many ideas. And sometimes I do, I always start on silent because I feel like I need to kind of ground myself and get myself together. But then I often listen to something and I'm also, I'm studying to become a health coach. That's something I'm not going to actually coach in this for myself. And so I do a lot of that listening because I'm really passionate about health and and inspired by that. So so self-care is, is key in terms of work-life balance. And then, as I said earlier, I'm really privileged to do what I love. So for, for me, listening to a book when I go for a walk, it's also work-related for me it's because I have a book club. It might be a book that we're about to read or I'm thinking maybe be a good book for the future. And also my dream is to inspire 101 million people to write down three dreams and then go and chase them. That to me is like I think about that 24-7. And so I think about work all the time, but it's something that I really love. And that's the beauty of knowing what your dreams are, knowing what your purpose is, knowing what your values are and doing something you're really passionate about, regardless if that's, you know, for someone else or in your own business, that makes a big difference because I love it, but it doesn't mean that I want to do it all the time. And another really key thing that I think have made a big difference in my life over the years is that on Sundays, I do not book anything. And when I say I don't book anything, of course, there are some birthdays and of course, there are some kids things that 
you know, comes in. But most of the time, and even yesterday, which was a Sunday, I just didn't have anything booked. So I could get up in the morning and there is nowhere to go, nowhere to be. It doesn't mean that I don't do things. So I might catch up with family, friends. I might do something specific that, you know, people feel like that must have been scheduled, but that's something that I do schedule on the day. So having one day a week, and it might not be possible to start with, but that's something that I've done for a long, long time, long, long time. Because when I started my first business, I I worked seven days a week because I loved it and it was necessary in a startup and that's absolutely fine. But it got to a time where I felt like I needed a day off. So that was Sundays. And because I work with my life partner and my business partner, we work together. So I don't want to talk. I don't want to wake up and you know, he has an agenda of talking retail stores versus I'll be like, I want to speak about something that I want to help with. So we had a had a policy that didn't always work, but most of the time worked. You know, there's no black and white in life, but it was just really about a day where we just disconnected from work. And saying that, I still work, I still did a lot of work, but not planned. And it's so nice to have a day where you wake up where there's nowhere to go, nowhere to be, and you can just choose whatever you want to do. And uh, that's something I encourage everyone to do because then if you have that, you can cope with so much more. Yeah. Yeah. That buff is so important. I totally relate to that. Last year I did a similar thing. I called them full stop Sundays where I wasn't going to schedule anything unless something fun came up spontaneously. And I thought, yeah, yeah, I've got headspace for that. I just needed one day that was free, 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 free. And I have to circle back. So you were talking about the podcast you listen to or books you listen to. What have you been listening to lately that we need to know about? What are your favorite podcasts? What books have you loved lately what do you think our listeners would get into yeah gosh so I'm starting to become a health coach focusing on longevity Mm. so that's something I'm really passionate about one of my dreams is to live to 120 but not just like live that long but 120 Christina not just 100 120 I I like to go big I like to dream big (laughs) it might not happen but you know it's just a really good way of thinking about health like if I'm going to live that long what do I need to do what I you know what do I need to focus on so a lot of my dreams are really big like one of the dreams that I have is to by 101 million people. That's that's a lot of people. And I'm not focusing on that number. I'm just always thinking, when is there an opportunity to help more people? So if I get to that number, if it's my age or to my dreams, it doesn't really matter. It's more just to have that kind of mindset. So one of my favorite books ever that I often re-listen to, and I'm re-listening to it now when I'm here in Sweden, because I've got much more time now to, to walk, is The Wealthy Gardener. He's been on my uh, my podcast dream life your dream life i can listen to that book over and over and i can read the book over and over it's called the wealthy gardener with john sephoric it's a, a half fiction half non-fiction and it's really just about making the most of your life you know it's a, it's about financial freedom it's about finances but it's also about setting goals and making your dreams happen so it's a beautiful book i think to for your listeners to get into a lot of a lot of it's about health. So I listen to a lot of health podcasts. I listen to Dr. Stephen Cabral a lot. He has a daily podcast about health. So I just choose. I can't listen to that every day, but I just choose what I think is is relevant for me. Dr. Heyman, great one in terms of longevity. And I'm into holistic health, not just conventional medicine. So I listen to a lot of health podcasts. Yeah, we're going to compare notes afterwards because I've got some longevity ones, I think. Love. <laughs> 
because I decided this year that I need to live to 100. I'm not quite going for 120. Just because I realized, you know, I'm coming up to a milestone birthday. My kids are still so young. And I'm like, I want to be around to see them into older adults and have grandchildren. And I pretty much need to live to 100 to do that. So I totally understand. So, Christina, it's probably a good place to end our conversation today in terms of talking about longevity and living for a long time. What's next for you and your ventures? Have you got any other exciting projects other than longevity on the horizon that you'd like to share with our audience? Uh, you know, I there's two projects that I'm currently working on that I can't see that I will ever stop. One is the Dream Life Coaching Program. So many people you know, go with their dreams in their heads or might not have people around them that are encouraging them or uh, don't know where to start. So I started this program last year called the Dream Life Coaching Program. It's basically just a 12-month program that anyone can join at any time. And it's really a chance for me to share everything that I learned creating my own dream life. And it's a really inspiring journey. So I can't see that I won't, you know, that I will ever stop that because it's not like you set your dreams in your early or goals or dreams, doesn't matter which, which term you use, but in your early 20s and you, and you achieve them and you're happy. It's like you always evolve as a new person. Things change and, and as you get older and hopefully a little bit wiser and also with much more experience, you might completely change and your focus change. So I will work on my dream life for the rest of my life. That's why I decided to have this program that anyone who wants to join that being around like-minded people and also needing some support because we even if we're really clear on our dream life we all fall off the wagon and we all need some inspiration and motivation and support and especially if we are pursuing dreams that we haven't done yet I have so many people coming in and saying I don't know if this is possible for me and I'm like absolutely it is um, you just need to work out how you're going to do it I haven't seen a dream that is not achievable it's often that we have that imposter ourselves and can't see it but if you are then guided by someone you're able to pursue dream life and the other thing that I'm working on and that I can't see that I ever stop is my book club I love reading and I love personal growth and personal development books I just read so much and not all my friends are into those kind of books (laughs) so I decided to so I have a a private book group with my friends who are into that kind of books but I also have a virtual one that anyone can can join so I go live every Monday and we read one book a month I just love it because these are people who are like-minded who join from all over the world who are interested in this in the same books that I am and we I go live every Monday people read we divide the book up in in you know over four weeks and you can just read a little bit each day and then you come in and discuss it and for anyone who wants to join it's basically just a book club that sometimes go pear-shaped in terms of other discussions but it's about <laughs> life and it's so good it's I just love it so that's what I'm going to focus on really growing them and being hopefully able to be a support and an inspiration for a lot of people out there that might not have that in their own life. Oh, fabulous. We'll definitely be linking to those in the show notes. So anyone who wants to join Christina's coaching program or book club, you'll know where to head. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise and ideas with us today, Christina. It's been a total pleasure. Mm, Thank you so much. Thanks for having me and thanks for all the amazing work that you guys are doing. I think if you get life admin sorted, you know, and you follow your book or system or or a course, then you've got so much more time to pursue your dreams. So I think what you guys are doing is 
is amazing and I love it. I'm really grateful to be part of your podcast. So thanks for having me. Thank you. Where can our listeners find you if they want to hear more? I think for coaching or the book club, yourdreamlivestartshere.com, the store for any any journals for anyone who's interested in uh, combining technology and paper. But there's so much more than just journals, uh, cards and books, etc. It's the dreamlifestore.com. But for everyday things, I think I'm active on Instagram. So that's my handle is Christina Dream Life for anyone who wants some daily motivation. I often actually now take a minute and share something on my daily walk. So for anyone who can and needs a little bit of a inspiration on their walk they could just listen for that for just a one minute one thanks for listening show notes for this episode are available at lifeadminlifehacks.com and if you're a fan please subscribe and share the love and tell a friend or review us in your podcasting app you can also follow us on facebook instagram and linkedin 